This is a post-Christian podcast. Welcome to the Revolution Church Podcast. Okay, you ready? Yep. All righty. Welcome to Meet Your Congregation. My name is Caleb Gregory Rowe, and I'm here with my pastor. His name is Jay Baker. Hello, Jay. Hello. And we are on uh, a video chat with my brother, Nathaniel Rowe, from from uh, Overland Park, Kansas. How you doing, Nate? I'm doing all right. Thanks for having me. Yes, of yeah. course. Um, so, Nate, you and I started uh, podcasting together. That was my first foray into park- podcasting was a show that we did together. Yep. Bipolar Bipolar Agnostics. That's right. Oh, is it? Yep. Nice title. Yeah. Bipolar Agnostics was the name of it. Yeah. It had a double implication, I guess, with, uh, you know, my mental illness diagnosis, as well as the polarity of our spiritual stances at the time. Yeah. You were more, I mean, we, we, we use the word agnostic as a tag almost for the word atheist and Christian because it wasn't the traditional sense atheist or traditional sense Christian, I guess for you. Yeah. yeah, yeah or totally. how, how, do you want to elaborate on that a little? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. At the time, um, uh, it was probably, it was when I was starting to get back into the church after having been, not having gone to church in a long, long time. Um, and I was trying to like, be like, Hmm, maybe we can get back in here and, uh, repurpose some things or whatever. And so I was, uh, definitely going through a lot of deconstruction you, I don't even know why you were going to, maybe you were going to church because mom and dad were making you. Um, I, I don't think I was actually attending every Sunday. You know, not, not every Sunday, but like I, I was the sound guy and I, I, I remember, well, oh, you would go to, you would go to the Bible studies with me. Right. Wait, with the, the Hispanic church? No. Um, the, we also did that, but no. Uh, oh, with a Ben Zuzel. With ben, yeah. Uh-huh. So yeah, we would go to those Bible studies together. And, um, in a very conservative church and you and I just, we just kind of go in there and wreak havoc. I, my favorite time was when we were talking about the Ascension and, and I was like, so you're telling me that Jesus's body is soaring up, shooting, being propelled through the atmosphere towards heaven, a physical location in outer space. And all these people are just watching and they're like, yeah, that's what it says in the Bible, you know? Uh, but yeah, we'd yeah. go in there and shake things up a Haven't little bit. Haven't you seen a spaceship, bro? <laughs> kind of like that. But just a dude. Rocket propelled <laughs> sandals. I don't remember exactly what we would discuss or what I said such a long time ago, but I remember saying certain things and seeing the reaction of like the, the wives, especially just the, you know, yeah. eyes get wide, well, like, ooh. Yeah, well, because you were going into the Bible study, and and at this point in your time, you were identifying as an atheist, so you were just openly like, "Yeah, I don't believe in God." But you were at this Bible study, and people were like, "Hmm, that's weird. <laughs> this guy's here," yeah, uh, right. which might actually kind of predate some of my fascination with bringing together atheists and and Christian communities. Um, I think it's really interesting to 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 spur those conversations. But anyway, just to kind of cut a little bit to the chase, since since we have to be somewhat aware of time here, um, and these are traditionally shorter segments for episodes but um right so you we we row boys have a lot of mental health problems um and you were going through some rough shit man you got dealt a a, a real rough hand uh genetically speaking as far yeah. as the mental health stuff goes you got i'd say you got the worst of it of all of us and you know um uh, and we've all got some pretty bad stuff going on but yeah, yeah you're, uh, you, ty- win. you won, uh, type one bipolar, um, 
and you've given me permission just for the listener. You've given me permission to to talk about some of these more personal things. But right. um, I was and there. Just know that that's a. I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but dual diagnostic bipolar with substance abuse because that's what combined to make it so much worse. Right. Good point. That alone. Thank you for clarifying that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and the substance abuse was uh, just like magnify it. And yeah, uh, I was there living in Kansas with y'all um, for other reasons, but incidentally, I was there when you had your first break. And it, it was, mm-hmm. it was honestly like you were, it seemed like you were on a, like a shitload of acid, but it was just lasting for like, you know, weeks. It was like, yeah. like you, you were like, you were just seeing signs and everything. And this is kind of where I'm pointing the conversation towards is that you're, you still are in, in engaging in spirituality and you're still interested in spirituality, but you're compass for what is real and what is not real like you've seen like we were talking last night like you've seen in five dimensions like you've your 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 brain has lit up in ways that other people's brains won't light up you've been fully convinced of hallucinations and so it's like now what where where does faith fit into that how can you apply faith when you've been shown that your perception can be fully uh fully misguiding fully fully right. incorrect it's like yeah, so do you choose are you do you choose spirituality or do you like do you do you intuit god still like what's what is it like for, are you just like are, are all the are, is your brain just fried on that stuff i, I kind of compare it to how i'm like automatically nihilistic too like just how like i don't want to think oh when i die like nothing happens life is pointless there's chaos nihilism like all that but like i can't stop myself from thinking i don't think it's an enjoyable thing to think but it's almost like that is something that's preset in my mind that i can't get past and that's a little separate than this i'm going to try to connect that though like just like how i'm kind of automatically nihilistic but try to have a good viewpoint on it when it comes to like spirituality and christianity specifically like there's no way at least on the supernatural side of things i can believe in that 100 percent anymore because like i've like every when I'm sober, okay, I kind of want to elaborate on that a little too. Like, Please. When, okay, so like when you're saying leading up to the moment of the break and everything, like I had the hypomanic, like throughout my whole life with bipolar disorder, I had mania and depression. Like my, before substance abuse in high school, my classmates would always note like, hey, like, you know, you, you were so talkative, energetic, wild, outgoing, and then like you just didn't talk to us and like we're silent when we hung out for three months. And like I just had these fluctuations and so I thought I was that, but, uh, so I always had the mood issues, but leading up to the full manic psychosis, I guess is what it would be called. Yeah. There was definitely the hypomania that built up to it. Like, but once I enter, like it's specifically marijuana and THC that like once it enough accumulates in my system that I go into the psychotic break, like the full manic, not just like hypomanic or whatever I had before that with the mood issues. But, um, I'm trying to say like, so while I'm in that full psychotic break, is when I have the conviction, like where I'm 100% convinced of the spirituality. It's the only time since moving to Kansas City that I have returned to Christianity is while I'm like manic and I'm convinced that, yeah, of this. And when I'm brought down, yeah, when I'm brought back to reality, it just, you know, everything comes crashing down around me and I'm just back to the pessimistic point of view and all that. So, mm. yeah, so while I'm outside of that, while I'm sober and stable outside of the manic psychosis, I kind of revert back to the like atheist foundation that I built when I was 13 and first moved to Kansas City 
you know, being pulled out of the Bible Belt and the like seven days a week literal indoctrination oh, yeah, yeah, school, yeah. Awana, brainwash, like Sunday awesome. school, backyard Bible Some club, vacation Bible school. Like, I moved here and within a few months, like I just reevaluated everything. And then there have been periods of time when I was still saying, like, I, I don't know what's the best word for it, like non-psychotic. I'll just use like when I'm not psychotic and sober and all balanced. that. Where I, I was curious in agnosticism or Buddhism, spirituality. But never have I been a hundred hundred percent convinced of the supernatural aspect of things while I was non psychotic. Yeah, since. right. I can you know feel what I'm that. Like, growing up, oh yeah. You want to add something? No, I mean I can just totally understand that. I mean, I have a hard time dealing with that. You know, what I mean, like accepting the supernatural parts of the Bible. You know, yeah. I mean, there's some I, I, I kind of were so ingrained in me that you're kind of like, well, eh, I kind of hope that's true, but probably not, you know? Right. I totally get yeah. that. And it's hard to discuss it with so many people of the Christian congregation, because at least like, like the random Christians I encounter most often believe in the supernatural thing. They think it's assumed. Like it's right, 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 right. hand in hand yeah. with belief in Jesus, which is why I find your guys' church so interesting that it's like, let's not be all caught up on, that let's let's just focus mm-hmm. well, well, what's your mission statement more like focusing on the spiritual side of it or it's always a work in progress what would you yeah i mean it's really called i mean we say grace and provo- provocation provocation you know is really our thing is just kind of provoking people to think differently and to think well and to think critically, critically. i mean critical mm-hmm. thinking is yeah definitely you know, and so critical thinking is a big part of that i mean it's funny like i think about what you're saying and it's like if I meet somebody, like, let's say on an airplane, one time I met a Catholic priest, and he found out what I did, you know, and as a Catholic priest, he still had assumptions that I br- agreed with all the, you know, crazy yeah. stuff, mm-hmm. you know? Right, right. And so he was kind of talking to me like, yeah, you know, like, mm-hmm. and I'm like, no, no, you know, I don't really get buy into that a lot. And, and you could kind of tell that it almost freed him up a little bit to have a better conversation with me because you could tell that he had some doubts as well. Interesting. Mm. Yeah. I think it's important. But um, people really assume that shit. Oh, totally, dude. Absolutely. And they'll, they'll assume, you know, more than just your beliefs on scripture. They'll assume political beliefs and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Definitely. Uh, That's which, a fun one. Which is a bummer. Oh, yeah. To try to figure out. But I, I feel like they do definitely assume, before they even assume a politics, they assume that you definitely buy into. Like, I have a real hard time with um, with the idea of, of uh, what is it, atonement. Yeah. The atonement theory really bothers me. Like God needed somehow something to die in order for us to be okay. Like right. the fact yeah. that God would need anything. You know what I mean? Like if we're going to get supernatural and let God be the supernatural or at least the ground of being, like what could that need? And why would it need something to mm. be tortured or suffered? Suffering. Yeah. So I, you know, like I, that's like the main one. And that's everybody's kind of main thing. Like, of course, you know, mm-hmm. maybe yeah. he didn't actually walk on the water, but he definitely died for our sins yeah, for yeah, those yeah, three yeah. days. You uh-huh. know? Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I've thought about that too. With uh, yeah, why if God created the structure of the universe and like the uh, requirements for getting to heaven, why can't He let us in as like, being accepted as imperfect beings? Where why did why does like any amount of sin taint us and prevents getting to heaven. The only way to cure it, like you said, is atonement, sending his son to suffer and die and like go through all this process. I just thought like if he established the structure of the rule system, why is it, it feels so contrived, I guess is what I'm trying to say. I feel like, I honestly feel like it was their best understanding 
of justification for a loss for the Messiah being killed. And in their, yeah, for their understanding, for Paul, the apostle, for all the apostles, like, okay, he died. How do we understand this? So we might have to go back to the old law of the sacrificial system. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's what it was. Maybe he was just the ultimate sacrifice. You know what I mean? I kind of feel like that was their understanding. And now as we learn and grow, we can become more inclusive. Because I feel like if you look at Jesus, you see, you see some inclusiveness and thinking. But then you look at Paul, and it grows even bigger, where Paul's not even concerned with things Jesus said or anything like that. And he gets more inclusive and more open. So it's kind of an evolution, and I think it's always supposed to be evolving and growing and have critical thinking. And as the further you get away from it, I think a clearer view you can have without holding on to all those things and uh, not throwing everything out. Because, I mean, I feel like, for me, it's like sometimes I'm a Christian, sometimes I'm agnostic. I'd say even sometimes I'm an atheist. But I still find things that I can use from that foundation of Christianity in there that really work well and actually work better when I take away a lot of the dogma. Oh, totally, yeah. Yeah. I think the, the, the idea of the, the story of, um, of God becoming filthy, broken humanity, I think yeah. that's a way more beautiful overarching story than the idea that he had to come down here with a checklist and 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 pay for well, pay for the elect's sins to right, use some calvinism right. pay for johnny johnny j pay for jimmy joe you know pay for every yeah. single you know check off what was he doing in hell for three days by the way i mean what was he doing down there but the did he man. actually become filthy and broken because i thought the idea at least in southern baptism what we were taught is that he was perfect well no that's yeah, yeah yeah i'm saying like reanalyzing it and being like well, this this book also really emphasizes the humanity of Christ and just the idea of God. It, is, it gets a little bit into death of God theology, but the idea of God leaving heaven to become human uh, out of love, out, out of wanting to learn how to emphasize or empathize with humanity. Um, and I just think if you really read the New Testament, even though it was written, you know, the the, the Gospels were written at much later. Um, so they had a bit of a yeah <laughs> writer's the, the oral yeah oral but, history but, was probably but the fact is that you still can see the humanity of Christ and I can still argue very well that Christ was not a perfect man or a sinless man just from his actions and how he would treat other people and that Christ would often repent and change his mind so right. you know I think there's there's you know, given that, I mean, could you imagine if it was just all written straight autobiography right then, you know, because I'm sure it's been polished since then. Oh, yeah. So if yeah. you can still see the humanity of Christ, I feel like there's a lot of humanity that we don't see. And I think Paul was a philosopher. I think Paul understood philosophy and understood that sin wasn't this list of things that we do or don't do, but that kind of a lack that we were trying to fill. So... I think it gets more complex and more beautiful. And I think there's a reason why philosophers genuinely respect someone like Paul as a fellow philosopher and thinker and don't just throw it all out, especially someone like Hegel, who still would hold on to biblical ideas and seeing them worthwhile. So I think there's stuff there. I just think we've got a lot of people who have very elementary understandings of the Bible and they've become the people who preached and teached and taught us. And I think a lot of people were afraid to get away from the fundamentals of the Bible 
and see that there's so much more there than the fundamentals. I don't like the fundamentals. I don't want just the fundamentals. Mm-hmm. I want the, the, I think that the devils and the details, you know, and I want to get into the details and discuss those. And that's when we start to loosen those fundamentals and they don't become so important. You know, 15 years ago, I would have told you like resurrection, literal resurrection had to happen. Now I can say it doesn't matter if it did or it didn't. You know, I hope it did, but honestly, it really doesn't matter because we can talk about that and see it as a spiritual resurrection or as visions. Because the way Paul sees Jesus is often explained to the same way as the apostles saw Jesus. But we all know that for Paul, it was a vision. You know, it wasn't a literal man standing in front of him. So it really does get interesting when you're able to kind of step Mm -hmm. back and take a look and unlearn what you've learned and what we've been taught our whole lives to believe because we've been taught to read the Bible in like almost a sixth grade understanding. And uh, when we decide to get away from that, I think that's why a lot of people lose their faith that go to seminary or end up becoming teachers at the seminary mm-hmm. and not pastors because they're like, uh, I don't want to be in charge of telling people this shit because it's not going <laughs> to make anybody happy. Yeah, totally. If that makes mm-hmm. any sense. <laughs> no, it, it does. And I, I do have comments for that, but do you want to get more on the, Focus more on the meet your congregation side rather than a philosophical. Oh no! Why don't Why don't you go and respond if you have a response? If you have time. Okay. Well, I was just gonna say. Um. Okay. So with the uh, yeah, like the humanity of Christ thing, I think it's interesting that you know we were we were taught that he was perfect, and like you said, like everything had to be justified or like it happened a certain way, so they had to polish it or make it fit this perfect mold that. Like it, like we were taught in Kentucky almost that it was like predestined, like it was supposed to happen that way, like Christ would come, be filthy and die. But maybe back then, at least from my point of view, he just was killed, and then they had to explain why was yeah, Christ. Yeah, that's killed. exactly like, then, what happened. Yeah, they thought he was going to take over Rome. I mean, they thought he was going to take over Rome and become the king, become the what is it, the Caesar? Yeah, that he would become the, the next Caesar. Right. You know, and then he didn't. Some people believe that Judas was actually trying to make that happen by rushing in to get him arrested. And so he would either stand up and be like, I'm in power. Uh Here are all my angels. Or he would just die and be like, okay, this wasn't the right guy. Right. And then look what it turned into 2000 years later. Yeah. Yeah. It's insane. But um, also on the uh, humanity side of things, I think it's interesting like, like you said, there are certain moments, like when he gets mad at the Pharisees or using the temple for material gain, like doing the taxes there. Yeah. I can't quite remember, but like that's an example of him getting angry. But it's all interpreted as that was like righteous anger. And that wasn't a sin, like him throwing over the right. tables and becoming violent wasn't a sin because there's no way it could be. Anything he does will somehow fit into the rule set of he can't sin. Well, I mean, yeah. just but the like fact said, that he's it, going to Matthew's to house. Him going huh. to Matthew's house would have made him ceremonially unclean in the religion that he was under, which, is a which sin. would be concluded a sin. But we've kind of just justified that to be like, oh, well, no, that was supposed to happen. And, you know, yeah. it was OK. So it was like, but it only becomes OK once Peter has the vision. So it's like, does it retro? Does it go back? You know what I mean? Like, oh, that covered Jesus now. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, it's like it goes back through time or something. There's just when, once there's so much bending over backwards to retroactively explain holes in logic. Yeah. Like I'm sure I think every young Protestant kid 
has the recollection of the very first time they were at a youth group meeting and someone raised their hand and said, um, well, what about, what about the guy on an island who's a good person who never hears the name Jesus? You know, yeah, yeah, like that's, yeah, that's yeah. like the first little, for a lot of people, that was the first little loose brick yeah. in the family. Like, well, but something would happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's all this backpedaling and like, oh no, um, well, God reveals himself through his creation. I know. And so God, and so even the wind would, would sing the name of Jesus to you. That pineapple tree or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah, the, the this pineapple, this is intelligent design. It must have been right. designed by a loving, an all-loving God who's also a maniacal asshole who will throw you into hell for eternity if you don't say the right sinner's prayer. Or you carpenter. Me- or carpenter. The, you remember, uh, Nate, the last time I was recently visiting Kansas, which can often be a very high anxiety-inducing. I always have to. Yeah. Uh, I always have to get more anxiety meds from my doctor oh, wow. when I go to Kansas. I have to be like, hey, I need a backup of yeah. like Klonopin to help me out here. Cause, um, cause a lot of friction between me and my, and, and our mother, um, unfortunately. Uh, yeah. but, but I told her and you know, I, whatever, man, we're adults. You know what I mean? Like I'm not going to pussyfoot around stuff, but I'm still gonna be respectful of her in her house to a degree. But the last time I was there, um, we were sitting around the, the dinner table talking and, uh, Mom said something about, uh, you know, about salvation and about, about you guys, about my brothers. And I said, Mom, you know, any God who is going to throw my loving brothers into hell for eternal torture for not believing the exact right doctrine is an asshole of a God. And mom got like real scared and like she like actually looked at the ceiling, like ah. afraid of, afraid of lightning bolts or something. She's like, shh, shh. It's like she's so scared. She's just scared. Scared, but my dad's is similar. I yeah. think. Yeah, I get that. Scared of this angry parent, sky parent, and exactly. I just like, that just doesn't sit right with the fuck that man. Like I'm, yeah, my language. No, I agree entirely. And when people are open to discussions on that, like anything you say that goes against their core fundamentals mm-hmm. is instantly blasphemy. They can't even talk about it with you. I think that's a big issue with the organized religion. Of totally. Candy. Like yeah, when it's like a non, when it's a conversation ender, you know. Yeah. Oh, you don't have all these exact presumptions. I, I want to say briefly, Nate, just because I've mentioned this in a in the in years past. I've mentioned how my 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 uh, my beef with IHOP International House of Prayer. Oh yeah. Um, because I felt I, I'm curious your uh, perspective, Nate, and you were actually taken back into the prayer rooms and all that stuff. Um, uh-huh. I would consider that organization to be a cult or cult adjacent. Uh, I would consider it to be a very dangerous organization. And the reason that I'm so angry at that organization is because you, my brother, who I love with all my heart, were, were, I'm totally you misled. Like, no, yeah, you, but you were vulnerable. You were yeah, volatile. Right. You were, I'm looking for a word. Malleable. Well, yeah, that too. But yeah, you were, you were at your, you were so vulnerable and, yeah. and looking for answers, thirsting for spirituality, trying to find some compass. Yeah. And I remember you asked me, you said, will you be my spiritual guide? And I said, dude, I don't have any. I said, I will be honest with you. I will tell you everything honestly, a hundred percent and tell you my experiences and what I've learned from them, but I'm not going to give you advice. And so you're looking for, you know, for, for, for guidance and you're vulnerable. Um, and you, you go to them and they tell you that your, uh, mental health issues are not, 
you need to stop taking your lithium and you need yeah, to get hands laid on you because it's only demonic. It's demons. Yeah. yeah that's demons insane. Cast they told you to stop taking your fucking meds. That's insane. I know. And like, I was just mentioning this uh, last, it's interesting. It came up at work. There's a, like one of the Hispanic uh, managers, like this is a prayer room near my, like where I live. And I was like, Oh, the international house of prayer. She's like, yeah. And, I wanted to share more information on my experience there, but she kind of drove the conversation. She was going on and on. Like I would mention like, yeah, I'm pretty sure like they're a cult. And she said, Oh yeah, a few years ago, like they had those issues where they might like be against medication. But she's like, lately, like they've resolved that issue. Like you can't go to houses and like have private meetings. It has to be under the public eye or something. So maybe it's a little better, but I was telling her like, at least when I went there, I like, guess a hundred percent cultish, like a hundred percent. Yeah. Far right, like close my, like it's as bad as it gets in the area. Yeah. And they have like the, the prayer rooms they take you back into that are private and locked and stuff. And Right. And like, like just the, the people you encounter, I was, like it's really cool to interact with all these people. Like I can practice some Russian there or like Spanish or whatever. Like people from all over the world and you get to talk to great people. But once it comes to the spiritual side of things, like the people that show up at like 2 a.m. are just like, on like a, a Jesus high and they're just like, they're ready to cast out demons. Like yeah. some guy was just talking to me about something, this uh, group of people and someone in the back was just reciting scripture. And he goes, hold up one second, man, you know, points to me. And then he turns around and goes, bro, you got a demon inside you right now. There's no scripture. You're saying the wrong scripture right now. So they started what? doing exorcism on him. Wow. <laughs> this other guy just saying scripture in the back. Apparently it was a demon that was saying the wrong, wrong he scripture. Was, he had a demonic possession because he was saying the wrong verses. <laughs> That's because it was like counteracting what he was saying. <laughs> Yeah, why does IHOP attract so many demons? Jeez. <laughs> they got to get some Ghostbusters They up get them confused with the uh, house of pancakes because demons <laughs> love pancakes. Demons do love pancakes. Right. Angels, right. Are wa- angels like waffles, generally. Yeah, that's true. Demons love pancakes. Well, yeah. Thanks for thanks for uh, for being so open and telling telling about about your uh, experiences, Nate. And I know there's a lot more to it. Um, you know, you've you've been. I'm. I want to say I'm very proud of you, man, because you have been in and out. He really is. He says that to me. So I, I tell Jay all the time that to you. It's it's. I hear it all the time. Yeah, I'm so proud of you, man, because I've I've seen you at some pretty low spots. You've seen me at some pretty damn low spots too. Yeah, we've all. You know, we've and all I, seen, and I am too, man. I'm proud of you too, because I've been to some low spots too. I mean, electric shock therapy yeah. ain't nothing to mess with. So, and you're, you know. yeah, I appreciate it. And you're yeah. sober, and like you're just so clear minded, and and you just seem really balanced. I know that you know you can get down, and 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 of course, uh, you never beat mental illness. You never conquer yeah. it. It never goes away. But you're you're really managing things so well, dude. And um, if I can poke a little bit of fun at you, you've come along way from uh trying to jump the fence at the last time that you were in an impatient <laughs> right no it's because i met jesus and i had to go like share his gospel amen that's why i, like, I literally no like literally i thought jesus was in the psych ward with me oh wow <laughs> there's this brown guy and i don't i think he was i don't know what his ethnicity was but i was just convinced he was jesus <laughs> poor man poor man I mean, that's where Jesus probably would have ended up if he came today. Wait, so he wasn't telling you he was Jesus? Wait, he spoke to me as if he was, though. But then, like, he also would tell me at times no, but I, I, I'm guessing the staff just told him to play along or something. <laughs> I don't know. It was just very interesting. Wow. It's hard to say what was real and what wasn't. Mental then. wards Yeah, because there are, in psych wards, there are other psychotic people. And it's interesting when two psychotic people interact with each other, because that <laughs> definitely happened at the last time. Like, there were other people that was like, I am, like, a separated, like, 
twin, like oh, ex-Siamese twin, and they've implanted like heroin and meth in my body, and I'm constantly going, and like the government stole my idea for this video game Skyrim, like you know, like just like stuff like that. Wow. Yeah, like this guy, like like we would, be, yeah, I, I would visit you, and 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 we'd be sitting there when you were still going through the break, like you were you yeah. were inpatient, but you were still not in reality, and we we're sitting there mm-hmm. just kind of. You know, we went through a bunch of locked doors, of course. People come out, you ready to come see him? He's, he's yeah, coming yeah. out of the room now, blah, blah, blah. And so we're sitting there, a uh, highly monitored environment. And you just looked at the TV and started cracking up. And I was yeah. like, what's so funny? And you were like, do you know why that commercial just came on? And I was like, no, they're advertising? And you were like, no, that commercial was for me. That was... Yeah. That was telling me some very important information I needed to know. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. like like thinking that <laughs> that's a big part of it. Yeah, I think that was probably one of the first times because like as it as I would go back into it, like it evolved. Like I would for some reason talk about it less, but like the spiritual and profound like visions and everything became more complicated and intense. Like because it always like kind of piggybacked on what was happening prior to the break. But I, I do want to. Like have a little time to speak about like what we were texting about last night with the whole like forty five D thing and connecting it to spirituality because like, like I remember I did text you saying like I like it I wouldn't put it beyond myself to think that like Jesus or Joseph Smith or anyone was mentally ill like they were psychotic because like the things that I was convinced of like someone else could go through similar things with either bipolar or schizophrenia or whatever it is such like there's no way to explain it would be like acid times a thousand but like beyond just the delusions hallucinations thinking that everything on tv is about you and you're about to be the next world spiritual leader or like you're secretly the president of the united states or the reincarnation of jesus like even beyond that like there is a thought process where like i would spend time like i would just open notebooks and like write almost my own like religions and bibles and like philosophies and it really is like you said seeing 5d like i like if jesus had like a connection with god and the absolute truth that was conveyed through him, it's it's almost like it felt like, you know, at that time it was being relayed to me, essentially. Yeah. And just like, I guess the uh, hyperactivity of, you know, the hyperbrain activity of mania probably added a lot to it. But just, it is crazy. And like, I would actually encounter people in the psych wards, like even if they didn't know I was psychotic at first or just out in the open world, I would have these crazy philosophical conversations with them without revealing that like I was psychotic and they would be like, dude, like that's insane. Like so many people would look me up on Facebook. Like I've had people. Well, yeah, you're me, dangerously like, smart is the thing. I guess. Yeah. Combining that with the mania too. Like people are like, like you, like you changed my life and like all this crazy stuff. And and at the time, you know, I would be like depressed and I like, go back into a crash. Like I feel brain dead. And I'm like, Oh, that was all just, you know, delusions. But they just be like, dude, like it's crazy what you said to me and how you helped me out. And like, it was really prophetic. I feel like God was speaking through you and stuff like that. And I just be like, you know, I'm just like, this is just all mental illness. <laughs> like it's, it's interesting that, wow. that, that impact, I had that impact on people yeah. because like Jesus had the same, even if he wasn't psychotic, like he still said profound truths that changed people's lives, you know? And like he, he interacted them with them in ways that just, like I said, turned everything around for them. And it was just weird that, where I was with the mania and psychosis and everything that somehow like I had impacts on other people's lives. Now, again, that I'm not saying that psychosis is healthy at all <laughs> or anything, but I'm just saying it's interesting within that, like what I have experienced, yeah. like the 5d, like the, the, the otherworldly thoughts. Yeah. You know? They were so real to you. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's insane. And coming back to it, like right now, 
like often like day to day I'll have a, like if I listen to a song that I was obsessively listening to at the time, like all flashbacks to what I was thinking and embarrassing events that that led to, and I'll just cringe about it. But it's not so often that I actually get in the mindset of what it was like. Sometimes in my dreams, I'll relive it, like the psychosis and the events and everything. But like sometimes I'll have a glimpse of that. Like it's almost like I forgot like that higher level of thinking yeah. that I had obtained at certain points. Right. But I think it, even subconsciously, even if I don't actively think about it, it still has had an impact on oh, how sure. I behave and what I believe now. Totally. It's crazy. Just like how after like people, you know, do acid or whatever, psychedelics, like they think in different ways, different pathways opened up. I'm sure oh, yeah. the full like brain, like if you looked at a scan of my brain, like everything light, lightened oh, up. Oh my God. I'm, I'm sure, sure that had residual effects. Yeah. You know? Totally, man. Yeah. Opened up new pathways and all that new connections. Yeah. That's how the brain it, works. It just, it just sucks with the, um, I want to touch on the depression side of it too, though, because after the mania or even outside of crashes from mania, just normal just, while I'm sober dips into depression, they really suck because I just had that. Like, I felt like I was the smartest person in the world, the higher level of thinking, better hand-eye coordination, you know, like everything. And then I crashed into the depression, which can like my most recent episode, I just got out of like a few months ago. Like it was about a year and a half straight of, like just basically brain dead. Like I couldn't think of anything. I couldn't remember anything. I couldn't speak clearly. I yeah. just, I was barely a human. Every moment was just anxiety and it was horrible. And I, I think it's just a massive, massive fog. And it's nothing compared to what I had. Like when I get in that massive fog, I'm like, Oh, I'm never going to feel smart again or be back where I was when I was either stable or manic. It's just, it sucks so bad. and lasts so long. So I'm glad that I'm coming out of it. And I'm starting to think about, I guess those like philosophies and spirituality and I'm starting to get back a little of my old self, I guess. Yeah. But, uh, I can see that in you too. And, and, um, I, I see that in you, uh, reached out and, and have been offering to help us with like some internet stuff for the church and stuff like uh -huh. that. I really appreciate that. And it's nice seeing you, you know, have a little pep in your step and wanting to wanting to be involved. And, and, um, it, it really goes a long way. Thanks. Thanks for, um, for all the, the recent work that you've been helping me out with. Yeah. yeah no problem. I, I want to get active in it and actually, you know, I, I'm convinced I've put it all behind me permanently and now I can just finally flourish without, cause I've had moments in the past of getting things accomplished. And then, you know, there's that massive reset button. Like yeah. I hit a roadblock. It all goes over. So right now I just want to be like, okay, the last five years, I fucked up, but from now on, like, it's just, I only plan to go upward. That's great, man. So I appreciate you guys being open to the idea of me helping out or, oh, definitely. you know, even having an interview like this. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah. We're great. yeah. grateful to have you. I think it's important for folks to hear. Totally. Because they need to know they're not alone. Yes, absolutely. A lot of people are going through this stuff too, you know, it's like, we think it's just us or just a few of us and it's not. I mean, every person in this interview right now suffers from mental health issues. Yes. So yes. that says a lot. Yes. You know, and we've mm, all yeah, had sure. severely suffered from mental health yes. issues. It's not just like, oh, yeah, I sure, get sad like, every now and then. No. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we've had some you know, life altering. I've also been locked into the, 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 the psych ward a few times as my, myself. So it's like, you know, we've been there. You yeah. Know, at the very least, I think depression is probably the thing we can all yeah. relate to the most Definitely. and empathize with. For sure. Well, um, Nate, we, we usually wrap these things up by, by kind of asking if, um, unless you have anything else that, that you ha haven't hit on yet. And I know that um, there were like, I guess we did get sidetracked a little bit. Some things I wanted to cover more in depth. I mean, I'm having, still have some difficulty with cognition articulating myself, but, uh, yeah, like, we can always save this for another time too. Yeah, we can always do two-parter. 
Yeah, like this is around the time that I do need, do need to shower and everything. Okay, let's forward. let you get to do that. Yeah, we'll we'll let you do that. Um, just uh, real quick, do a part two because yeah, do we'll a do part a part two, two. With my 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 nephew as well. Yeah, we'll do a part two. That'll be great. It'd be nice to have some two parter meet your congos. Yeah. a little bit longer episodes. Um, awesome man. Well, yeah. I love you so much, Nate, and I'm super proud of you. I'll be seeing you here in the next couple of months for the holidays. So that'll be nice. Yeah, and I know yeah, you I got my too. back in mm-hmm. the anxiety inducing uh, Kansas turf. Yeah, maybe maybe we just need to like you know rent like a, a house or a hotel for you just to like, <laughs> be away idea, from the, the row household. <laughs> but oh no, that was some bad messages. <laughs> yeah, I get you a tent. I'll just, I mean, I don't I don't mind just I don't mind just bunkering bunkering downstairs with Alex. Alex and I get along real fine. We just right <laughs> just lock the lock the door. It, it is it is not, man. I will say this. I will express some gratitude to you just real quickly um, that you're so supportive of of me, especially like, you know, with mom and stuff. And like, like I know the last time that I was in Kansas also, um, mom just came up and said something snarky, something, I don't want to paint my mom in a bad picture, but she said something snarky and something rude. And then just kept walking. And then you walked up behind her. I don't think that she realized that you'd hurt her. And you're like, damn dude, that was rough. You're like, she's kind of coming after you. This, this visit is the last time you mean like two months ago. Yeah. 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 You were like, you were like, man, she's really coming after you this time. You just like some. She just said something real snarky, and you're like, "Damn, I can't believe she just said that." I do remember comments. I can't remember what she. said. I don't remember what it was either, but it was some homophobic thing or something. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, but um, just real quick, like in the future too, if you want to do more like interviews, comp, like if I kind of, I love bipolar agnostics so much. If you ever want to resurrect something similar, like I more one-on-one talks or interviews, like. I'm totally up for that too. Totally, man. Awesome. We'll we'll start with a two parter to this. Um, right. Maybe maybe next week. All right. Yeah. Hell yeah. All right, brother. Shoot me a text. Shoot me an email. Thank Thanks. you so much, Thank Jay. You, sir. It yeah. means a lot. All right, buddy. Love you, All man. Right. Bye bye. See ya. Some guy was just talking to me about something. This uh, group of people. And someone in the back was just reciting scripture, and he goes, hold up one second, man. You know, points to me, and then he turns around and goes, bro, you got a demon inside you right now. Demon, demon, demon. You're saying the wrong scripture right now. They started doing exorcism on him. Demon, demon. Exorcism this other guy saying scripture in the back. Apparently it was a demon that was saying the wrong, bro. You got a demon inside you right now. You had a demonic possession because he was saying the wrong verses? <laughs> yes, because it was like counteracting what you were saying. <laughs> yeah, why does IHOP attract so many demons? Jeez. <laughs> they got to get some Ghostbusters They up get them confused with the uh, house of pancakes because demons <laughs> love pancakes. Demons do love pancakes. Right. Angels, right. Are wa- angels like waffles, generally. Yeah, that's true. Demons love pancakes. That was a post-Christian podcast. <laughs> 